Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 22 of season two of the CCHA show. Uh, with the two weeks left in the regular season, we have a couple of uh, returning guests. Uh, Jack Hittinger writes for USCHO and follows uh, the Beavers and covers the entire league. Uh, but uh, so uh, we we're happy to have Jack on once again. Jack, thanks for coming. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> And uh, with the Bemidji Pioneer, Jared Robedo, we have a very Bemidji State-oriented uh, podcast. They are in first place by two points. Technically, <laughs> have a chance to cl- to clinch this weekend if everything goes their way. Uh, uh, Jared Robedo has been on before. Jared, thanks for coming. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. It's uh, two two people who held the same job at the Pioneer. Jack was what? How many editors before me? Three. Three. Yeah. Yeah, so like it's it was that long ago, but I guess no, no, but some, <laughs> so some a lot of Bemidji connections today. So yeah, hopefully you don't get accused of uh, favoritism. No, yeah. that was on purpose. No, I mean we 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 try to get as many people that that cover different teams on here as possible. Uh, the Beavers are in first. Uh, they've had a bit of a run here, as has Bowling Green in the second half that put themselves in the situation. And uh, I know Jared's fresh off of uh, uh, um. BSU media session, so I'm sure he has some some hot off the presses info from uh, Coach Saratori. But uh, before we do, let's let's get to uh, what happened last weekend uh, that kind of helped us get to where we are with Bemidji State. You know, something that he observed Bemidji State, 37 points in first place. You have then you have Minnesota State, Bowling Green, and St. Thomas, all with 35 points. Uh, and then you have uh, Tech with 30, Lake State 28. Um, and then uh, on down with Northern and and Ferris, who are out of the McNaughton picture, but uh, <laughs> you have five teams still with a chance to win the McNaughton Cup. I know Tech's chances are very slim with you know being seven points back, but uh, I guess before we get into the games, guys, what was your overall take takeaway from the weekend? If we can get into some individual stuff, uh, Jack, what do you, what do you think from from this last weekend of play? What, what kind of surprised you, or what kind of stood out for you? Um, I guess I don't know if I'd say it's I surprised by Bowling Green uh picking up those five points against St. Thomas just because of how solid they've been here in the past probably six, eight games. But I guess thinking about where they started um at the start of the season, I think maybe that would surprise some people. But they looked really good. I I don't know if we can get right in, right into the yeah, series. Yeah, we can we can do that. We can we can still uh, get what Jerry got on the weekend. Yeah, we'll start with the series. Yeah, probably the most surprising thing to me about the weekend is how well Bowling Green played in the sweep. I don't know what Jared thinks, but um, I'll give him a chance to answer that question too. I mean, that was my thing too. Is all right. That's easy then. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's it's a tough. It was a tough situation for them to go into with St. Thomas having kind of everything in front of them in terms of, you know, uh, three weekends to go in the season, you know, it's still a little tough to do the control your own destiny thing. And, but I mean, from, from all perspectives, I mean, St. Thomas had everything in front of them and not only that they dropped five points and, and that's, you know, to what Jack said, that goes back to Bowling Green and the, how well they're playing right now and um, the goaltending they're getting right now. And, um, it's just really cool to see a team that started on probably the lowest of lows that you could have had to start a season, find a way to not only resurrect it and be in a really, really good position to get home ice, but then sitting here with two weekends left in, in league play and they have as good of a chance as anybody to go out there and take it. And um, it's really cool to see that kind of manifest itself for a team that had every excuse to not be in this position. But I think that just goes to show what kind of a job Ty Eigner has done and, and how the buy-in has really proved to be greater than the struggles for them for most of the season. And not, you know, to throw on top of that injuries abound here, Ryan O'Hare is out for the, Bowling Green, but also St. Thomas had injuries coming into the weekend, and then they lose, you know, Cooper Gay with a with a tough tough way to go, you know, to go down in that in that game there. And uh, I mean, they've had the, the, the pulling kids in early to to try and fill a lineup, even you know, for St. Thomas, it's it's really been it's 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 tough when you see the kind of promise that that program has to to see what they're dealing with as far as injuries. Uh, Jack, what do you think about about that? Yeah, no, I talked to uh, I think I talked to Ty Agner last week and asked him about about that and he I think 
Um, this is the first time that they really, I mean, aside from Ryan here, obviously, and I think Ben Wozni is going to be out for a while. He's been a pretty good defender for them. This is the first time they've really had like a sort of a full, like a full team, really. Um, obviously, with those exceptions, but I yep. feel like they've been banged up all year. Obviously, they had some suspensions at the beginning of the year. Uh, Ty himself wasn't there the first couple of games of the season. And I, I feel like, I mean, we talked about this maybe a little bit um, over the break. Um, just a, a lot of these teams in the CCHA are sort of finding their footing and it takes them a while to do it at more towards the end of the season when they have sort of a full comp- complement. Um, everybody sort of struggled with non-conference, but everybody, but uh, all those teams that struggled non-conference, talk about BG, talk about Bemidji, talk about even Michigan Tech, they're sort of finding their footing now in conference season. Um, obviously, they sort of makes it harder for the pairwise situation, but it definitely makes for a more exciting end of season in the conference. So, yeah, the way that series finished up, what people didn't see, uh, 3-3, a shootout win for Bowling Green on Friday, and then a 3-1 win for the Falcons. Uh, Cole Moore came on and made, I think, 61 of 62 saves. He stopped, stopped everything he saw on Friday after coming on in relief, including everything in the shootout. That was on goal, and then he gave up one goal on Saturday as the starter. He was the league's goalie of the week uh, for that effort. I think a 98-something save percentage and giving up just over half a goal uh, per 60 minutes there. We'll get the job done for you there. Um, uh, Anything else on this series in particular that that you guys saw? Yeah, from Cole Moore's perspective, I just want to go and do it a little bit more. Sure. um, I remember the series, it was (laughs) – those dreaded Thursday, Friday series for a road team. <laughs> I mean, it's coming all the way from Ohio to play in Bemidji Thursday, Friday, when you probably should have been on Christmas break by then. It was an, uh, a nightmare situation for Bowling Green to step into. There was almost no fans at the Sanford Center because everybody was on Christmas break that weekend. Um, just weird timing in the schedule and how it worked out. And But I think – my one takeaway from that series was, man, this Colmore kid, like this kid's really good and he's huge. He's quick. He controls his rebounds. He, he plays the game that, you know, he plays goalie the way that teams want kids to play goalie. And that's, he's going to stop every single shot that he sees. He's not going to have a lot of those back breaking goals that you give up and he's going to steal some. And when you're, when you're looking for a makeup of a, of a playoff goal, it's hard not to picture a kid like Cole Moore. It's and for him to be doing it with, you know, I, he's a freshman, right? He's mm-hmm. he's a freshman. Like he he plays like a veteran, and um, you know, I think I, I I'm sure you could go up and down the lineup with uh, the with the BG kids and say, well, this kid's had a huge you know impact on our success, and so is this kid, and this kid, and this kid, but. I bet every single one of them would agree that they're not in the position they are right now without Cole Moore. And with him essentially being, uh, you know, the, the back end during the, you know, the struggling times, the times where they did have injuries and having it pay off now where, when it matters most, it's really cool to see. And um, I've just been so impressed by, by his game this year. And it's every weekend it's, he does this every weekend. Yeah. 43 shots on goal for the Tommies on Friday. That, if you look at the series at a glimpse here, it kind of looks like that's the one that St. Thomas kind of needed to win, uh, especially the way things played out with with Moore getting the start on on Saturday. But he was lights out. That kind of helped the Falcons come back in that in that game on Friday, and then the win on on Saturday. Jack, anything to add before we get to uh, the Beavers and Bulldogs? No, I think that was a pretty pretty good summary. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, jump, we'll let's jump right in. Uh, Beavers. Uh, seemed like both nights they things were a little shaky early, but they were able to come away with five points in the end. So that's I guess what your kind of the you know the ultimate goal is there. Um, Friday night a three two OT win, and then Saturday they give up the game's first goal, but then kind of pull away in the end for a four one win to get them that two point cushion in the league. Jack, uh, you know what do you what do you think of the the Beavers? In a game, a series that maybe it seemed like from from the onset, maybe this is the one that uh, maybe the Bulldogs steal one, but that wasn't the case. Yeah, oh, I mean, it looked like at the end of that third that 
third period looked like maybe the Bulldogs were going to steal it uh, on Friday. I know um, three to two and uh, sort of went back and forth in that game, but that that seems like the type of game that historically Ferris has maybe stolen. Um, but I think they got pretty good, uh, pretty good offensive or the Beavers got pretty good uh, offensive output from maybe some lesser heralded people who wasn't necessarily your Leighton Rhodes or uh, Eric Polkamps doing the scoring. I think that that helped them. Um, obviously, Adam Flamang has had a pretty good couple last couple weeks. I think he scored the game winner. Um, Jackson Jetting back from injuries had a big goal. Uh, Yuri Weissman uh, scored for them in that game. So I think that was a pretty big one for the Beavers and just like showing some of the depth of scoring that they have. Um, and I, second game too, they had some of these other guys like Reese Chittenden scored a goal and Kirkland Irie. So I think that I think the series was big for them just to sort of get some of these guys that aren't on the that top line going offensively, which is what they need, especially considering how bad their their power play and penalty kill have been. Jared, you were there. Uh, you know what it, what it looked like on the ice uh, from your vantage point. Yeah, um, I there were tons of takeaways from the series. So I'm just gonna rip through them real quick. Um, <laughs> I love it. No. The, in, in league games, they've struggled to close out wins in the third period. Regulation wins. They did it on Thursday. They they had a, a one goal lead, then they had to win in overtime. That's a point left on the table. They did it against Northern Michigan the for, the previous Saturday. They left a point on the table. They left a point on the table against uh, Michigan Tech. You know. I think that's probably four weekends ago now if or five weekends ago. But those were their last three league series. And it, it was a it was a topic of conversation after the Thursday press in the Thursday press conference where yes, the win is nice. And getting an overtime win for a team that only had one of them this year was was really positive, but they felt the the impact of leaving those points on the table. And that's not to say that, you know, that's it's been a, a recurring theme for them all year because they've quite literally stolen six points from Michigan Tech and, and Minnesota State with those regulation comeback wins. So, you know, you, you can't just look at it from the perspective of, well, we lost three points here. We'd rather have those three points now when they probably should have six less points than they actually do. You know, if you go, if you go back to those games before Christmas, but the way that they were able to, you know, respond to that one goal deficit on, on Friday was really impressive. And they, they took it, the, the one goal lead into the third period and, and, and added on to it. And that's, you know, something that was a point of emphasis going into that, that second game against Ferris state. Um, Jack touched on a little bit, but depth scoring is is huge for them, and it's coming because they're healthy. They have more guys to roll in. You know, it's it's not an indictment on on the guys that were stepping up before, but when you, you know, when guys like Reeves Chittington, Noah Quinn are playing second, third line minutes, you know, right around Christmas when, you know, they're rotational fourth line players. I mean, you're you're gonna take your lumps, but because they got those minutes, they. You know, it's paying off right now. The the depth is is huge. And right now they rotate four different forwards through two wing spots on their fourth line and keep Jake McClain, the freshman there at center. And those four forwards are are competing for ice time. They're competing to stay in the lineup. And it's kind of that rising tide lifts, lifts all ships mentality. And you're seeing the effects go up and down the lineup. And then lastly, it's it's that it's that line with Fulman, Carter Jones, and and Yuri Vizenin. I mean, it's I don't think you could point to a hotter line right now on the CCHA with how they played the last two weekends. Yuri Vizenin has four goals in his last five games. Adam Flamang had a six-game point streak. Carter Jones is more of the facilitator on that line, and he picks up apples every single weekend with those three. You know, when you're able to provide a line that isn't just the Leighton Road line or you're not just relying on the Kyle Loafs and the Eric Polkamps to get scoring, you're a better team because of it, and it's a line that's playing with a ton of confidence despite their contrasting plays, their styles. You know, Adam Flamang is a heavy player. He's He's got skill, but he he, he makes his money playing in the corners and in the front of the net. Yuri Vizenin 
plays with a ton of speed. You know, when you it's it's a line that almost on the surface doesn't feel like it should work, but it's working better than I think anybody could have hoped. And when when they're playing with that much confidence, it's a lot of fun to see them on the ice. And 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 Tom talked about it too on on Friday, where you know it's they're doing the little things the right way. They're not going on the ice searching for goals they're searching to make the right plays and the offense is as a product of that and to watch it play out and to see them realize some of those things in real time it's pretty exciting to see it from from that perspective because you know you look at all three of those players I mean they were relatively quiet players you know for the first half of the season they they weren't the guys that were going to get you 10 goals and and 10 assists and put up 20 points this year, but you look at the pace they're on now, it's almost like they have a second top line that they can throw in the middle of it. And um, it's a team that's had 48 different line combinations this year and 14 different D pairs. Well, they found one and I don't think they're going to break it up, you know, unless something drastic happens or they come back down to earth. But for the time being, it's, it's, I'm sure it's everything that that territory wants out of that line and, out of they that they can get out of a second line and to have a a center like Jackson Judding be on your third line I mean what that's that's huge it's it's huge for this team and he's their best faceoff man and you know it's it, it, to provide that experience for guys that he can play with Casper Magnuson and Liam Engstrom these freshmen that are relied on to provide some scoring it's it has a trickle down effect of them getting healthy at the right time and um and, and it couldn't have come at a better time Absolutely. That's, you know, that's it's one of those things where you look at like the habits that players, teams make create over the course of a season and what that kind of manifests, manifests itself into uh, for Bemidji state. It seems like that's a bit of positive and for Bowling Green, it's the same thing. Like you you keep drilling the same stuff and eventually it either pays off or it doesn't right for some teams, but you're finding success for the things you've, you've built over the, the course of the year. And I know people like to take the first, you know, the first two months or the first you know half of the year and say, and just kind of just kind of, you know, project that out of the rest of the year and say, this is how it's going to end, but that's not how sports works, right? That's not how hockey works. And there's definitely time to to make changes and to make the kind of jumps that these two, those two programs have, have made this year. Um, I want to get to our last series here before we take a quick break. Um, well, I want to add one leaguer really quick, if that's fine. Go ahead. Yeah. I... Go ahead, Jared. Yeah. I think to going back to another point that Jack said, where it's a, uh, it, you know, that's that Thursday game. It felt like a game Bemidji State has lost, you know, time and time again, where Ferris State was pushing for that goal and uh, that tying goal. They, they had a good push for the go ahead goal. And it was a series where I think you look at the schedule and say, well, we got the last place team coming in, in into the Sanford Center. We're like, this is these, this is point night. This is six free points this weekend. Have a good Saturday. We're not playing. Like, let's see how everything else plays out. But I didn't get that sense from talking to any single player in the week leading up to it. They were very aware of of what could happen if they lost that series. And you hear players say, well, we're not overlooking anybody. That's that's a cliche to to some extent, you know, because what else are you going to say when someone asks you that? But it was almost the way they said it and the, and kind of the whole vibe around the program of, no, 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 we can't overlook Ferris State because we've already lost one game to Ferris State. You know, that's that's the kind of message that they it was they still found a way to have that desperation in their game, you know, going into that series. And I think that was also a huge factor of why they got those five points. To Lake State and Augustana up in Sault Ste. Marie. They these two traded uh three nothing wins. Lakers winning 3-0 on Friday. Jared Westcott with his 11th multi-point game of the year. That leads the CCHA ahead of some some notable names there. Leighton Rhode is second with eight multi-point games. And then you have uh, Liam Malmquist, Connor Milburn, and Sam Morton all with seven. Those are from St. Thomas, Lake State, and uh, and uh, Minnesota State, respectively. Uh, so Westcott seemingly did most of his damage the front end of the year, first two months, and is, you know kind of trailed off. He had some some dry spells there, but it's good to see him back in the the goal and assist column there for the Lakers. Uh, Easton Hess with another with a shutout there. Um, you know he's been he's been really good in the, in the little bit limited amount of time we've seen him. 
Uh, but then I also want to give a shout out to uh, Zach Rose. I know not officially a CCHA full member yet, but he picks up the first shutout in Augustana Vikings history, former Bowling Green Falcons. So we saw plenty of love from uh, his, you know, fans of the Falcons as well as, you know, former Falcons, uh, Bowling Green staff, uh, former staff of his, coaches of his, uh, being, uh, you know, honoring that uh, that bit of history for for the Vikings there. Thoughts on that series, uh, Jared? Yeah, I my only takeaway from that series is are we gonna have another goalie rotation? Like <laughs> 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 and and Ethan S because or Easton S because um yeah, I mean looking at you you follow along on Twitter. I was at the game the Bemidji State game Friday, so I didn't get to watch the game, but um I saw Easton Hess played Friday and wow, another shutout. Great, Lake State. They got another goalie. I said it three weeks ago. Crazy. They found another goalie. And I saw Langenager started on, on Saturday. And I was like, man, do we got another goalie rotation here in the CCHA? Mm-hmm. And be it'd be just very funny if if that's what it came down to. And and then yeah, it's also just good to see Jared Westcott get back in the goal column after uh, like you said, a, a, a elongated dry spell there for a while. But um yeah, it, it's it's good. And and I think what was it uh Westcott's first goal since well he had one last week or a couple of them last weekend. Yeah, so. he he started scoring again, but yeah. Yeah. He's picked it back up again. So yeah, I mean and they need him. This is a time of year where you can't go into the playoffs without without your best goal scorer still looking for his first goal since 2023 and so it seems like he's kind of picked it back up and is working in the right direction again and um you know it just adds more depth it adds more scoring depth to a team when you can start from the top down yeah you get a two goal game against bowling green back on february 9th but yeah another goal and assist on friday in the win um jack what do you think about about this one i know it was a non-leaguer it's got probably the latest non-league game we've seen in a while as far as just because of the way that augustana had to kind of spread their schedule out well i i mean i think that's their i mean i know they i think they played both alaska schools coming up here mm-hmm. under 18 team but i know that sort of the end of their first ccha schedule anyway because they don't right. have anybody else but you figure i mean i haven't added up what their record was against the CCHA, but it's kind of be around 500. That's a pretty good first season, um, even though obviously the games don't count for points, but uh, they got to be, Coach Rubin's got to be pretty encouraged by how well his team's played against pretty much everybody that they've gone up against. Even, I mean, even those two Wisconsin games early in the year, I'll bet you if they played them now, it wouldn't be four nothing shutouts. Uh, <laughs> they'd be a lot closer uh, I mean, Wisconsin still probably win, but yeah. <laughs> um, just I'm just sort of looking at who scored this weekend for him. I mean, like Luke Mopley, he had a really good weekend. He's sort of been sort of an under the radar player. Obviously, we don't talk about him as much because maybe he's they're not eligible for the awards. But he's got 12 goals this season, seven assists. Uh, it's pretty solid pickup. Uh, Clarkson transfer. Um, I, I know they've got a lot of transfers on their team, but I think he's been pretty good for them. Um. Just uh, another guy to shout out there. Ben Trombley, I think, has had a pretty good season too. He's one of the the OG uh, Augustana recruits. So um, that's the way that they end their sort of pseudo conference schedule. That's uh, it's a pretty good, pretty good sign. Um, and then they got those three series left. That I think those will be pretty good, uh, good tests for them as well against the Alaska schools. Yeah, all at home. They're done. Done traveling, done flying around the Midwest for the Vikings. They have Anchorage, Fairbanks, and then the U.S. Uh, under eighteen team coming for two. So, uh, you know, two more, you know, games that two more series that count for them at home at Midco uh, has to be pretty, uh, pretty good for them to kind of be done with the kind of gauntlet part of their, you know, for lack of a better term there. Uh, Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with more uh, CCHA show in just a second. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goalie. He scores. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. He scores. Stars on campus. 
campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Oh my goodness gracious, man! Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. All right, everybody, back on the CCHA show here with Jack Hittinger and Jared Robedo. Guys, uh, full weekend here coming up. Uh, the the true home stretch, if you will. The no no more uh, of the you know the Augustana non-leaguers. It's just two, I guess, as full as we can get league weekends. I know we only have uh, Ferris State and Lake Superior State only play one game next weekend because they split this series back, uh, split it up back to the you know, weekend before the holiday break. And to now, so just the Lakers, Ferris are just one game on the final weekend, but they're playing two here this weekend. Our our our, our five series for the week uh, include Northern Michigan at Ferris State, Michigan Tech at Bowling Green, Lake Superior State at Minnesota State, and Bemidji State at St. Thomas with the aforementioned Alaska Anchorage, uh, Augustana non-leaguer going on. Uh, we'll include it in our, our bit of a rundown here, but... Uh, Let's start uh, with the first game I mentioned, Northern Michigan going to Ferris State. This is the only uh, game with no real McNaughton Cup uh, implications here, just maybe home ice implications if Northern can go on a run here. But uh, we'll start with Jack. And what what were your thoughts on Northern and Ferris uh, going in here? I mean, we saw uh, Beeper saw Ferris last weekend. Uh, I watched most of those games. I thought, I mean, I don't know, Ferris is... It's one of those teams where they're, I don't think they're maybe as bad as the standings say they are. They've got some, they've got some solid contributors, but I mean, it's always sort of a question for them of when are they going to find people to score? And um, I don't know, just their goals against uh, 108 goals against the season. I think they don't really have, I know Logan signed, no, though I keep correct. both, have both been good in the past, but I just think, um, they haven't maybe been as on top of their game as they would like. So um, it's it's hard to say what exactly is going to happen in the series. Like you would think that the way that Northern was playing, that they would be able to have some momentum. But uh, I know they were off last weekend, so I, I don't know. It's 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 really tough to see what's going to happen. Uh, Northern probably has a little bit more motive, motivation because they're still in the running for possible home ice. So uh, I don't know what, what what Jared thinks. I think he saw probably both of them more recently than me. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, there's there's not really a whole lot on the line for either of these teams this series. So I mean, I I would I would have to imagine it just feels like a time that both teams are just trying to get right play the the brand of hockey that they aim to play and go into the playoffs healthy get healthy maybe you maybe you try new things different line combos break up traditional trios and just see what works because i mean yeah northern michigan's not out of it to get home ice but i mean they even if they went out they'd still probably need some help in in other areas to get there so I, I don't think either team is sitting there saying, well, what this is what could happen if we won all of our games. I think they're probably going into it saying, here's what we need to do to give ourselves the best chance in in the first round and to make some noise. Because, you know, in, in two weeks, it's, it's all bets are off. It's a new season. You can wipe the slate clean and focus on what's in front of you. And, and I think they almost get a little bit of a head start on that. You know, it's, you start you, obviously you don't know who you're going to play when the Mason Cup playoffs come around but you can start to hone in on the things that those teams try to do well and um you know for Ferris State they're going to need good goaltending because right now they just don't have the scoring to to put up four or five goals a game for three straight games on a weekend where they're going to have to go on the road you know they need they need Logan Stein and if they do a a rotation in the Mason Cup playoffs then they're going to need Giesbrecht too but um and more importantly, they need to – I think that Ferris State is a team that probably needs to show more resiliency. Uh, they quit in the fr- third period of Friday night. They had a they had a one-goal deficit. They 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 fought they fought back on Thursday against Bemidji State, and that overtime goal, it, it felt more crushing than I think uh, I originally anticipated it feeling. You know, instead of them saying, well, we saved – we got ourselves a point. We, we, we pushed this game to overtime. We can use that. I thought they, you know, the, by the way they played in the third period on Friday night, 
uh, in game two of that series, it, it looked like they had packed it in and they were ready to get on the bus to go home. And that's just not the, the mentality you need to play with at this time of year. And so I think they're looking to go out there against Northern Michigan and just get back to what makes them successful. And that's uh, good structure with good goaltending and timely scoring. And for, for Northern Michigan, I think they just need their stars to, to step up and, 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 and be the, be the stars that they need him to be. I mean, they're still a talented hockey team that that can beat anybody on any given night. And they're a team that, you know, if if they get a good goaltending game out of Benny Laws, you you know, you wouldn't want to play a team like that in the Mason Cup playoffs. But I mean, that's the same for every single team in this league. And so it's getting back to uh the team that I think Northern State is, or Northern Michigan has been trying to to push to be all year. And they have two weekends left to figure it out. But uh, you only get one of them to, you you only get one of them to to get on the right track because I mean they're running out of time. Both these teams are running out of time to get back to their identity, and so that's that's what I would be looking for. Yeah, I misspoke a little bit when I said that this is uh, had home ice. It's it's going to be tough for even Northern to, to climb up. They're, uh, they're nine points back of uh, Bowling Green and St. Thomas and uh, Minnesota State for uh, for the. F- I guess one of the would be the final home ice playoff spot. So uh, not looking great there. It's not inconceivable with the way that some of the schedules line up that they could make a run at one of those spots, but they would need a lot of things to go uh, in their way, their favor for for Northern to get a home ice spot. But you, like you guys said, I think you know you want to be playing your best hockey at this point anyway, and it doesn't really matter home or road. You can't really have any kind of you can't really worry about that when it comes to the quarterfinals and and making a run, as we saw Northern make it all the way to the uh, uh, championship. Uh, they had to go on the road, the semis, and the final uh, in the uh, Mexico playoffs last year. Um, to our next series, which is Michigan Tech at Bowling Green. Uh, plenty to play for here for both of these clubs. Tech trying to climb into a home ice position, and then Bowling Green, the, the run that they're on, uh, seeing if they can make a run at the McNaughton Cup still and the number one overall seed. Uh, Jared, you know, having seen these teams quite a bit here, what, what do you think about Tech and, and, and Bowling Green here? I think it's a really good spot for Tech to be in as a team that it almost feels like the pressure's kind of off of them. Their McNaughton Cup hopes are on thin ice, right? I mean, it's it's they can – you know, by a, a miracle, they could somehow pull it out if they got a lot of help. But, I mean, it's it's a chance for them to, again, go back to what their identity is and prove that they are a team that can win this league and, and they can win the tournament in this league, I should say. And um, what better chance to do that to against the hottest team in this league and maybe one of the hottest teams in college hockey? I mean, it's, uh, they got to be licking their chops with a chance to just go into Bowling Green this weekend and and play spoiler because it's while it's not the position you want to be in you want to be in a position to kind of control your own fate it almost takes that added layer of pressure off because if it, if it doesn't happen then nothing's changed you know you're still on the same trajectory and you, you you lost games that maybe you were supposed to lose which is crazy to think of when you you look back to where we were three months ago but um there's no denying that michigan tech is still a team that you know, when they put it all together, they are the most one of the most talented teams in this league. But the the problem for them has been putting it all together. It's been different phases of the season, whether, you know, they they get the goaltending or they they go through those defensive struggles and then those kind of flip and then they they get Swankler in there. And now there's their deep red forward. But, you know, the, the lines just aren't really clicking. And now they got two weeks to prepare for this series and it's a it's a chance for them to go in and spoil one of the better stories in college hockey right now that is Bowling Green and and what they overcame and for Bowling Green it's you know how do you not go into that series with all the confidence in the world you split with them in their barn a couple months ago that was when things weren't looking good for them they 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 stole points from them. now things are looking good but I think for them it's probably just focusing on what they can control and not getting too ahead of themselves you know say they do drop that Friday game at home. How will they respond? Because as of now, I mean, outside of what happens in game where they face a couple of, you know, a one goal deficit or it's tied late or you have to win in a shootout to to steal the extra point. 
it's been a long time since this team has had to respond after a loss, you know, a, a game one loss in a series. So what happens to them if they do lose that Friday night game, especially with everything in, in front of them? So um, there's a lot that could play out. And this is, a, is obviously a huge series for both of them. But um, it's I, I'm curious. My my curiosity is just in how does Michigan Tech, how did they use these two weeks to come out and prepare for Bowling Green? Because it couldn't be a more ripe situation for them to get some momentum because say they go out and take five or six points on the road this weekend, that's a team that's now playing with a lot of confidence and they have the talent to back it up. So how will that impact them the rest of the season? Yeah, I think, you know, Jack, Huskies kind of, I don't know, maybe feel like they're uh, in, in a better position playing as playing the role of underdog seemingly historically, but uh, uh, w- what do you think of, of this one and where the Huskies are at, you know, having that weekend off and then the Falcons yeah. riding high here? You know, the one the one advantage I see Michigan Tech having is that they play, I mean, they I feel like they can they control their destiny a little more than Bowling Green because they play Bowling Green and then the weekend after they play St. Thomas. So they really will have like a direct sort of impact by just by playing steel they'll if they win they steal points from the tommies and the falcons whereas bg i think goes to ferris right in last week of the season or no nmu they um, go to northern yeah i mean i don't know if that's an advantage or not but it's i feel like yeah. they control more of their own destiny than that's a good B- point does for the two weeks uh maybe not as much as i mean obviously we'll talk about next series i think the yeah. other team had sort of more control over it but um that would be the one advantage that i could see for tech uh i guess the disadvantage i see is obviously they have to go to slater um which probably is the only other place in the ccha that has as rabbit fan base as tech does so <laughs> right especially knowing okay Obviously, Austin Swinkler, I don't think, is going to be available for that series. But just with everything that's gone on with Bowling Green and Swankler, even though he's not going to be there, um, I think that it's not going to be a kind environment for any tech uh, players or probably fans either, to say the truth. So that might be – I think that is a bigger um, a bigger uh, advantage for BG than maybe uh, – I was originally thinking, but the more I think about that, I think that is going to be huge. Just being at home, and I think there were—I saw something where they one of those two games they have to change the time of the game, and I think uh, the first one, not, yeah. So they had to they had to push it back a half hour, which maybe is not a big deal, but when you think about a Friday night seven o'clock game, if you get your routine thrown off by a half hour, that could sort of be a wild card too. I think um, maybe maybe a overlooking it a little bit but or uh, reading too much into that but but you never know uh but yeah like i said uh, bg's hot i think tech likes tech is good in the underdog situation like jared has said but um i just think this is going to be one where you like they they know what they have to do tech does um so i think that can't be discounted all right, Lake Superior State headed to Minnesota State for two here. This was uh, last year's first round, uh, quarterfinal round playoff series. Uh, this is a different Lake Superior State this year than we've seen in years past. Uh, a lot of still a lot of young talent on it. Uh, they've, you know, as we mentioned from last weekend, we've seen both Easton Hess and uh, Ethan Langenegger in goal. We're not sure who we're going to get here. The Mavericks have also run. A bit of a goalie rotation, although we've seen a lot more of Alex Tracy as of you know second half of the season for sure. Um, start with you, Jack. Uh, what do you think about this one? With the you know, we'll we'll get to the the scenario where the Beavers can actually clinch this weekend when we talk about their series, but it includes the Lakers taking care of the Mavericks in two games here, which yeah, from the onset maybe not you know what you'd expect to happen, but we've seen crazier things go down in this league, especially this year. Yeah, you know, maybe on paper this one looks like more of a uh, Minnesota State, I, I don't want to say walkover or anything, but I mean, on paper this, we think, oh, Minnesota State, like Superior, 
we already know what's going to happen. Let's pencil, let's pencil that one in. But you look at the past results. I mean, last last year, Lake State went to MSU, went to Mankato four times because they had two series. Yep. Uh, obviously, in the playoffs, one of them was six one, but the other one was two to one. Uh, they also had a game where they went took them to overtime uh, and lost. They also lost three to one. So they're in these games. I think earlier this year they forced a shootout. Uh, got a point there the other game ended up being four three or something like that and i think yep maybe uh that was a comeback win for Mankato. uh i i don't remember exactly so i might be wrong <laughs> but i think the lakers have a good team this year they're not like gonna be an easy out for anybody especially i mean first round playoffs i don't know if they're gonna get home ice but i don't think anybody's gonna want to play them in the first round um obviously they want to win and I don't know if they do. They still have home ice possibility. They have. I think they're seven points out of the fourth I spot, so it's not looking like they're going to be a home ice team at this point. Oh well, yeah, like NMU, they're one of those teams where they got three more games. They won all their games. Other stuff right. happens. They, maybe they can get it. So, I, I I think this is going to be a more more interesting series than uh, you would think, just knowing what has happened in the past. Jared? Yeah, um, you know, from from the Minnesota State perspective, last weekend was a, a kind of a tough way everything kind of played out on a bye. You would have, you know, you, from their perspective, you probably wanted Ferris State to, to pick up more than one point from Bemidji State. Uh, obviously, St. Thomas dropping five points was, was good for Minnesota State, but it happened against Bowling Green, so it's another contender that they have to worry about. Right. And <laughs> now it's, you know, you're sitting there watching all of this stuff happen around you and you're thinking, well, now, you know, we need some help to, to go out and win the McDonald cup. Now, granted, I mean, they're, they're going to finish the season at Bemidji state and that's a huge series and say they took all six points from them. There's a pretty good chance that they're going to win the McNaughton cup just with how, how the league will break out. But, um, you know, it, it kind of goes back into uh, what Jack was saying, where you know Lake State is, it, it, they're a they're a better team than than they have been in the past, and this isn't really a walkover series for them. But what I keep going back to is, you know, they win that game on Friday, and then they get shut out on Saturday. You know, how how is Lake State going to respond? Even though it wasn't a, a series against Augustana for points, and it was a non conference series. It's it's about momentum at this point in the year, and they had a chance to kind of regain some of that momentum that they had earlier in the year, where everything was clicking, and 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 now you're sitting there going, well, what you know, what happened? We we just we just got shot out at home, and you know, now we got to go all the way out to Mankato, which has been a house of horrors for for Lake State. So you know, well, it, it's interesting what it'll happen. I am actually curious if they're going to do a goalie rotation this weekend. I. I find it so fascinating to have a goalie like Ethan Langenegger who has been so good for them and to almost just feel like they stumbled across another really good goalie that's, you know, that's, uh, it's capable of playing really, really good for them. And, 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 you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but, um, I, I'm just more excited to see how it plays out. You know, can Jared Westcott keep it up? You know, is has he broken? Has he officially broken out of that slump? Because if if they want to get points this weekend, his line needs to needs to produce. You know, can uh, you know, can they slow down Minnesota State's top two forward lines? You know, it's uh, Minnesota State's coming off of a bye weekend, and a bye weekend at this point in the year can go a hundred different ways. But I just get the sense from from Minnesota State that they're a team that's they used the bye weekend to to rejuvenate and re, regroup and 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 really gear up for what these last two weekends look like. From Minnesota State's perspective, they can't look overlook a a, a Lake State team with uh, obviously a huge series next weekend coming into Bemidji. You know, this is it's a similar spot to what Bemidji was in before this weekend with you know with Ferris State coming to town. You you can't. Just because you get a bottom four team coming into your building at home, it doesn't mean that it's point night. But um, so it's just about the responses to what's happened recently. And um, 
it's just it'll be fun to see this one play out because I think it's two two teams that almost contrast a little bit in the styles that they play with the speed and and I think Minnesota State plays a little heavier and um you know the the structures are different to how they play and if Lake State wants to get into that rush game sometimes so how will Minnesota State respond to that which team is going to dictate the the tone of the game early on and uh, it's it, it's fun you know, someone that maybe gets overlooked a little bit because of Jared Westcott is Connor Milburn. Uh, he's actually fourth in the league in scoring with 27 points. He's a wow. plus 10 on a team that is, you know, has a minus goal differential for the year. Uh, so 12 goals, 15 assists in 29 games. Uh, 12 goals, 15 assists in the 29 games for Milburn, 27 points. Like I said, that the plus minus stands out because it's not, well, it's not the, you know, a, a great indicator where there's a lot more factors that go into your plus minus. It is, you know, over a, over a long stretch, it is you you have to, you do have some effect on, you know, the goals that go in your net and the ones that go in the other net uh, when you're on the ice. So that I thought that was an interesting uh, because of Westcott. You look you always kind of look to the top score and say, oh, this is why the Lakers are having a better year. But it's it's kind of up and on the lineup. You mentioned the goalies. You know, your young young blue liners have done a great job as well. Uh, you know, John Harrington's a freshman who maybe you know, gets overlooked in the, in the rookie of the year talk. Cause there's so many great rookies in the league again, even though a lot of them left the CCHA, you know, after a year, a whole new crop has kind of arisen here as far as rookies. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that next week and the week after when we talk about, uh, uh, you know, who we think is deserving of awards that are voted on by the, the coaches, but yeah, the Lakers doing a great job. We want to get to our next series here, uh, which is the one that uh, I'm sure you guys will have your eyes on Bemidji state heads to, St. Thomas, I know at least one or both of you will be there for one or both of these games, but um, uh, Beavers uh, and Tommy's, Tommy's, you know, very banged up. Bemidji State seems to be kind of coming out of some of that uh, kind of injury doldrums that they were in. Uh, but, uh, you know, Jared, first take on what's going on here. Uh, at, you know, if the, if the Beavers win, if Tech wins. If Lakers win on Friday, then the you know the McNaughton Cup has to be in the building on Saturday. Yeah. Um, to go back to one other point, I believe there's only one injury left for Bemidji State, which is seems like a minor miracle at this point that there's only <laughs> one guy that might not play, and it's Tony Fulmer. Uh, he blocked a shot at the end of the Michigan Tech game on that series in January is on that Saturday, and he hasn't been back since. I didn't get an update on Fulmer today, so um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens uh, if he's back in the lineup. But, yeah, uh, I think, you know, we had media today at uh, at, at the Sanford Center for, for, for men's hockey, and, you know, I, I, I interviewed a couple players in Saratori and – I asked him, it's just the, you know, how much do you like being in the position where you control your own destiny and you can, the fate of where your seed is and, and winning the McNaughton cup is in their hands. And yeah, it's against two really good teams in the year in St. Thomas and Minnesota state, but it's, it is a chance for them to, uh, to, to bring the McNaughton cup to Bemidji. And the overwhelming answer to that is it's something they don't talk about. And it's, it comes from a sense of, them not wanting to overlook some of the simple things of just the next practice, not even just the next game, but it's just the next practice. They're so focused on what they're doing right and what they're, what the things they do right can combat with the stuff that St. Thomas does. Right. And, um, and I thought that was a, a really interesting note that they're just a team right now. That's, when you know when they're playing their game and the way that the league is shaping out this year, it's it's a it's it's falling in the favor of Bemidji State. Now that doesn't mean that they can kind of rest on on their laurels a little bit and and just say, well, you know, we don't lose to St. Thomas because that's that's been the history for them. Uh, I believe since St. Thomas has moved to Division One, they've only lost one game against the Tommies and. Uh, you know, there's a whole laundry list of reasons why Bemidji State should feel overconfident in 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 how they approach this series, and the, whether it's the recent success, St. Thomas's injuries, Bemidji State's lack of injuries now, um, and and that stuff is just all kind of falling by the wayside because the players and the coaches don't necessarily 
care about about those you know those narratives or those notions that go into this and um you know i look back to when they played earlier this year and just how different these two teams were at the time st thomas was much healthier matthias Scholl, that was the friday night when they um when they played st thomas at the sanford center i believe it was back in october matthias Scholl, that was the game he got hurt he tore or pulled his groin it wasn't a tear he pulled his groin in the last minute of the second period and gavin enright came in made 40 out of 41 saves to to end that series and um then you know matthias Scholl didn't come back until they played bowling green that's a a massive, massive swing for them. But now, now Matias Scholl is healthy and St. Thomas has almost a reversal of fortunes where they're looking around the locker room saying, this guy's gone, this guy's gone, this guy's gone. And, you know, you're almost at a sense of like, what else, what else are we supposed to do? But I think the best teams come out, you know, look at those situations and, and push through them. And there's no, there's no doubt why these two teams are two of the teams that are, you know, in the running to win the McNaughton Cup. And, and and it'll be really interesting. I expect it to be a really heavy series. It was a very, very heavy series when they played back in October. Um, you know, to kind of repeat what I just said about, uh, I don't remember what series I was just talking about, uh, Lake State, Minnesota State, in terms yep. of which he's going to dictate the tone of the game. You know, that's, that's going to be a, a huge, huge thing for each team. It's you know, which team is going to set the tone and, and, and make the other team play on their own terms. Uh, I think another thing with Bemidji State right now is they're starting to slip back into some of their old habits of having really bad first periods. The the first period against Ferris State on, on Friday night in game two, it was a bad period. And uh, the shots were 7-7. They go into it down one nothing, And, you know, you're sitting there, the fans were sitting there with their – plastic wrap teddy bears thinking oh my god are we gonna have to wait it till after the game to throw these teddy bears on the ice for make a wish night and um but they come out in the second period and i'll shoot them 20 21 to 2 and um it's a team that you know i think too when i look at bemidji state you look at the surface level and say yeah their power play is uh I think second worst in the league and their penalty kill is worse in the league i think that's 74 percent was the last time i checked um, they're also the sixth best team in the country. It's the sixth most disciplined team in the country. They don't take penalties. And when you don't take penalties, you don't give uh, teams chances to get back in the game on the power play, even when teams are scoring on one out of every four power plays against you. So I think, I think Bemidji State finding ways to play discipline with their physicality has been one of the biggest keys to their success down this stretch of the season. And it helps when you get guys coming back that can play with uh, physicality and speed. You know, the other thing I looked at with Bemidji state, they are one of the smallest and lightest teams in the country. According to CHN, they are uh, bottom 10 or 15 in weight and height, and they still play with physicality and they play with discipline. It's so unique how that trend has never wavered this whole season. And, you know, but I also think that'll be tested when there's more on the line and, and emotions are higher in games like this where there is so much at stake. How do those those habits of playing the right way, well, will they continue to hold true even when when those emotions ramp up? So it'll be a fun series, uh, I think, for Bemidji State fans and having these two teams be the last two game or series they play in the regular season. I don't think it could have worked out any better. And um, it's just going to be a really, really fun series this weekend, and I'm excited to be there for both of them. Jack, what do you think about this one? I know you said you're going to be there uh, Saturday. Yeah. Um... I don't actually, <laughs> you had a lot to say there, so I don't know if I can say it much better. I know I wasn't able to get a chance to watch Rico's, Rico Plazzi's press conference, but I think, uh, I think that, I mean, that's a little, I think he was asked a little bit about the injuries um, from what I can gather. Uh, and it, it seems like, like they are pretty banged up. So that's going to be a big, big factor in, what's uh what's going to happen but um i was just i was mostly thinking the the best thing i can add is i was trying to think obviously we have five teams still alive for the mcdonald cup um which is i was trying to look trying to remember before we got on here if there was any 
historical precedent for that. And the closest I can come was back in the old WCHA, uh, 2015-16, you had three teams that were still in the running with two weeks left. Um, it was like Michigan Tech, Mankato, and BG. And Michigan Tech and Mankato ended up tying for the, the, the McNaughton that year. And it was because, this is just a historical fun fact, uh, I think um, uh, Tech swept NMU the last week in the season and beat or Bowling Green, sorry, excuse me, Bemidji and Mankato split. Uh, Mankato won six to one that first weekend, that first Friday game. And then the Beavers won one to nothing at Verizon, at uh, what was then Verizon Wire, Wireless Center to help Tech get uh, part of the McNaughton there. So that's sort of where we're at. That sort of crazy, <laughs> crazy last day um, McNaughton race. Uh, I mean, th- this is obviously even crazier than that because we've got <laughs> many more possibilities right now about right. Who could, and what's going to happen. Um, if you just think about, we've got three teams or four teams, four teams. Uh, yeah, four teams. Realistic. I mean, I, I want to say not realistic for Tech, but they need they need a big weekend this weekend to go their way. Um, and even with you know with St. Thomas and Bemidji, somebody's getting those points. It's going to make it tough for Tech, even if they sweep. Uh, yeah. at Bowling Green to have a shot at the McNaughton, but yeah. So I mean, that's that's sort of out of out of I mean, Tech is going to have it tough, but even just with the the four teams with BSU, Mankato, St. Thomas, and BG, that sort I mean, sort of reminds me of that season. And I I I remember that season watching those last games on that Saturday, thinking that how insane it was first for Bemidji State to it was like one to nothing, sort of your. I mean this the the type of the type of stuff that opposing fans hate uh Bemidji State <laughs> team playing that defensive hockey once you get a lead don't like let go of it. Probably a lot of clutching and grabbing that uh, people were mad about back in those days. Um so the, the, those 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 type of games I think um are the ones that are going to ultimately win the McNaughton. I I hate to <laughs> hate to say it but that that seems to be the historical uh his, the historical arc is how these close races are won. Um, obviously, I think for the most part, more often than not, it's pretty close with at least usually two teams, maybe three. But just to have, have four in the mix like this, I think is five is pretty unprecedented. So um, I just think that speaks to how like interesting this league has been this season. Um from an entertainment perspective, it's been good. I don't know if the teams have been historically good relative to the national picture, but yeah, uh, still made it really fun to watch this year, um, just because of how unpredictable how unpredictable it is. And I think it's sort of one of the reasons why why you watch watch college sports. Absolutely, it, you know it's uh it's it's been a wild season to to try and follow, and I'm sure the fans, yeah, if you look at it as a you know this is your league and someone's going to go on and represent the CCHA in the NCAA tournament. And you're anyone's guess is as good as somebody else's at this point. I think uh, as far as uh, that goes, uh, we do want to get to the last uh, series of the weekend. Uh, Alaska Anchorage is headed to Sioux Falls to take on the Vikings. This is an Alaska Anchorage team that didn't exist uh, a couple of years ago as the program was, uh, I guess put on hiatus, but it came back last year, and they've you know, come back with some relative success, guys, uh, for the Sea Wolves uh, as they head to Augustana. Uh, Jack, I'll let you go first on that one. Yeah, I've seen a, I've seen a few Sea Wolves games. I, I know I watched a couple that they played uh, against uh, UAF on Flow, just because I know all those UAF games are on Flow. Uh, watch some of the other ones against the other. For sure, Flow. CCHA team that I think they played Lake State earlier this year. Uh, in Northern too, maybe? A lot of their home games are also streaming on YouTube. Yep. Just if, if you're up late and need, need some hockey to watch on a Friday, <laughs> Friday or Saturday. So they, I've, I've been impressed with just how good they've been since they've sort of resurrected the program. Um, I know they've this year uh, they've gotten some pretty good wins. They beat, I mean, beat Penn State, beat Air Force, beat Lake State's uh, Robert Morris, Wisconsin, sort of that list goes. Be list Providence. Goes 
beat beef Providence. They got some really good wins under their belt. And, you know, if they were in a conference, they would probably be a team that you wouldn't want to play in the in the uh NCAA tournament. But uh playing at Augustana, I think um yeah, the, this is gonna be a good series for the Vikings just to play against a, a program that's sort of in the same boat as them. Obviously not not quite the same, but um uh, I think I think that'll be a pretty entertaining series. What do you think, Jared? Yeah, um I don't have a ton on this series, but I wanted to go back to I can't remember which one of you brought up Luke Mobley. He might have been Who's my Jack? Yeah, one of my favorite players to watch in the CCHA this year. I know they're not a full league member yet, but I absolutely love the way that he plays because he's like I watch him play and he is extremely versatile where you know he he will go in every single dirty area of the ice and and just fight for puck in puck battles and um he scores a lot of big goals and you know you watch him play and he's not the fastest he's not the most skilled he doesn't have the hardest shot but um you know he's he's a tone setter and it's it just feels like one of those perfect guys that you can have in the first year of a program that um you know plays a lot of those big minutes and has scored big goals and and he's doing a really great job of helping lay that foundation. And to go back to Zach Rose too, it was really cool to see him start a, to start a hockey game again and get back in, in that for, um, for Augustana. And um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a really fun series and a really intriguing series where I think any, anything can happen for, for either of these teams. I don't think there's a single result that would truly shock anybody from any of these games, especially if it's one of those, blowout Friday, blowout Saturday, but each team gets a blowout win. I don't think that would really, you know, take anybody by surprise. And um, it's, you know, and it'll be really cool for, again, the people of Sioux Falls to get more home home division one college hockey games there because it's a really good hockey town. All right. Well, that's it for the uh, rundown for our games. We do have, as we mentioned, uh, a scenario where the McNaughton cup can be clinched this weekend. Uh, you know, the odds odds are it's it's next weekend and it could be in any of three locations as far as that goes. Just a quick look ahead to the March first and second uh, weekend. St. Thomas, who's one of the teams currently in the running, heads to Michigan Tech, so it could be one in Houghton. It could be one where Bowling Green is in Marquette taking on Northern Michigan. And then the last place it could be one is in Bemidji with the Mavericks headed up to take on the Beavers. And uh, as far as script writers go, that might be the location. Uh, Jared, they might be coming to you as far as the McNaughton Cup goes. We still have a long way to go to decide that, but uh, thoughts on where you where this could be headed uh, in the coming weekend here? My first thought is poor Don Lucia trying to figure out where he's going to fly to or drive to next weekend. It's impossible for him to try and make a plan and for you guys at the conference to try and figure this out ahead of time. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, whether the McNaughton Cup is in the building or not, I mean, I know that last series for Bemidji State is – is going to be a really fun one to watch because it is Minnesota state. And it's, it's the team that from, you know, Bemidji state fans, they really don't like losing to Minnesota state. Not that anybody likes losing in general, but it stings a little bit worse when it is the Mavericks for them. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a program they've had a really good rivalry with, but um, yeah, it's, it's I, I I've said it on this show so many times to where every time you think something's gonna happen, it seems like the other thing does happen. So I've learned to just watch and let things play out as they might because every single prediction I make or every inkling of what I think is gonna happen, it just gets flipped on its head. So it's I'm looking forward to next weekend and it's gonna be really fun regardless of whether or not the McNaughton Cup is in Bemidji. But um it's it's just going to be a really fun sprint to the finish here. Jack, before we get out of here, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I might have – I know I wrote about this at some point last year, but I think uh, I can't find the column right off the top of my Googling here. But <laughs> that uh, Bemidji State, Minnesota State uh, series, they usually – historically they played that, at least since the new – 
new CCHA, WCHA. They played that as their like last end of season series, I think 10, eight out of 10 years, something like that. And I think maybe six of those years, the McNaughton Cup has been on the line for one of those two teams. So, I mean, if, if, if you were a betting person, I think you would bet that there's a good chance that the McNaughton Cup will be on the line again uh, next week because that's just historically how it's happened since I've been covering this league. Um, so just one, one thing to think about there. Um, History repeating itself is what you're saying. But I mean, we talked about this a lot, just uh, as far as, I mean, I think the fact that BG has such a um, great chance of winning it, I think I, I would, I would look out for them just as sort of a dark horse. Maybe it'll be in market. Uh, see if the Falcons can can get it for the first time. No, oh, very good. Very uh, it's a good. That was a good uh, cliffhanger, Jack. There, I like that. Keep the folks watching. Uh, before we get out of here, anything to plug, Jack? Uh, got a column, USCHO. Actually, I I swear we didn't plan this, but I did talk to Kyle Loaf this this week. <laughs> so uh, that'll be some nice synergy. Uh, I think that should be out tomorrow. Uh, well, Wednesday, so it should be out by the time yeah, it's coming. This will be out by Wednesday, so yeah. Jared? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so much stuff coming out this week. There's a the story Yuri Vizenin. There's uh, a story about the some of the more consistencies in Bemidji State season, which has been un- inconsistent, to say the least. Um, uh, there's a women's hockey story coming out. There's tons of stuff it's on the pioneer it'll be on the rink live but um if i'm gonna plug something i usually try and plug a different person other than myself i just kind of made that my thing i'm gonna plug the beaver banter podcast it's a it's a very small niche thing for bemidji state fans but it's two guys uh cj and ian they're pretty dedicated to it and they're really consistent with it and I, I like that there's fan perspective media, even in small communities like Bemidji, because it gives a different perspective than I can give or that any of us can give from from where we stand. I love Tech Hockey Guide. I I listen to um, Chasing McNaughton <laughs> every single week because it's it's different. It's different yep. from, from what I can give. So um, I, you, I, I got what is the name of that again? Beaver. The Beaver Banter Podcast. I, okay. I went on this week, so you hear me yap about, you know, meaningless stuff for the most part but it's they're two really good guys that are really dedicated to what they do and um you know i know they both do it remotely but they're two bemidji state grads so um they're they're great dudes and 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 they put in a lot of hard work to to build a small following and i I hope it grows for them because they 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 deserve it all right check that out obviously check out the the techs uh takaki guides uh, chasing mcnaughton pod that jared uh, referenced as well all right, guys, I want to thank you for, for coming on the show again, and we look forward to another uh, exciting weekend of hockey here. Maybe something gets decided, maybe something doesn't get decided, but uh, either way, we'll be, I guess, closer to the finish line. <laughs> One weekend closer. That's all we do now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CCHA Show. For stories, scores, stats, and more, visit CCHA.com.